1: Hello there, everybody, and welcome to the Talking City podcast. Brought to you by the Manchester Evening News. My name is Dan Murphy, and joining me today, as ever, is Mr. Simon Bukowski. Sai, how's it going? Yeah, I'm alright. I've had to shut all my curtains, though. It's too sunny. <laughs> <laughs> is that has that had a massive effect on your mood? Or are you still okay? Are you not, bit of shade, and now you just crumpled into a sad little ball? You've all been waiting for me for like 10 minutes so I had to get perfect lighting. No, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Well, to be fair though, it is very nice for you to go with the perfect lighting because if people want to watch this in living colour, they can go over onto YouTube and watch it on Manchester Evening News dash Man City. But I'll no doubt plug that again later before we get to all that side. It was a busy old weekend for Manchester City and quite a good one compared to um the week that preceded it but before we get into the match itself the win over Aston Villa before and during that game city fans certainly made their voices heard following uh the news on last on Monday a week ago now of the Premier League's charges against City um an array of banners uh chanting and you know, a whole manner of kind of defiance was certainly heard from the Etihad from City supporters. Uh, what what was that kind of atmosphere like, and you know what what was the general feeling you got um, around the place? Yeah, defiance is a good word.
0: Um, it was it was rowdy and it it wasn't particularly friendly. Um, and City fans, you know, made their feelings clear with you know the, the usual humour, but also anger really. Um. You know, the, the one of the supporters, uh, groups had decided to sort of welcome the the team bus, uh, into the stadium. And you know, fans were gathered outside, uh, you know, an hour and a half before kickoff, singing and, um, making their feelings known. And you had, you know, cities going down with a billion in the bank and, and that kind of stuff. And then, um, saying, you know, not, not too complimentary things about the Premier League. Um, and that, you know, then corresponded to to the atmosphere inside the ground, um, which had all the same, also had huge booing of the Premier League anthem, which, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't even know the Premier League had an anthem until... <laughs>
1: the iconic tune drowned out by the booze. Well, yeah, exactly. It's not
0: quite the same as the Champions League anthem, is it? But, um, yeah, it was... Uh, it wasn't very nice. And, you know, they had a <laughs> two banners... Which you have probably all seen by now, but
1: yeah, that one, that one got through the the stag do haze, and I used to get see that one crack through my uh my dick my weekend off. I must say the uh, the doctor one, not the lawyer one, I should say.
0: Yeah, I mean panic on the the streets of London, a, a reference to Lord Panic, who has been hired by Manchester City. It's um, a sign of modern football, I think, when there's a banner to to a lawyer. But you had that, which was sort of tongue in cheek, and then you had uh, a few lads who just Printed out a a middle finger uh, and said investigate that, which you know for for simplicity I think that's maybe the winner, um. But the whole the whole afternoon felt like the club were holding up a middle finger to the Premier League, um. And obviously you had the team winning three, three one, uh, one of the best sort of certainly first halves of football, uh, they've played in a long 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 time. And um, and at the end, uh, you had the the stadium DJ playing Panic by the Smiths, which, again, nice little nod to say, yes, we know what's going on and we will not go quietly.
1: It almost seems like charges actually said that it couldn't have... Guardiola must be absolutely buzzing, not, was it, a month ago at this point, three weeks that he was bemoaning the lack of atmosphere and, uh, you know, everyone being quiet at the Etihad. Um, and now, all it's taken is 100 plus Premier League charges, and he's got the atmosphere he's always wanted. And it seems to me now, it feels like Guardiola, almost like his you know, kind of old bitter enemy in Spain, Mourinho, he really could build a siege mentality around this now, a real kind of um, us against the world sort of feeling. The fans are already on that quite clearly as it is. And maybe this could be like the, the spark. And the kind of fireworks up the up the jacks that City needed to really kick start the season and kind of get things going again. And it it seemed to have a quite an impact in the match.
0: It was quite something. Um, you know, it was it was anything but happy flowers on on, on Sunday. It was um there was a real edge to it and and what Guardiola did on Friday um is not only kind of unite the fan base behind this idea of innocence, because it is one thing, you know. A club statement saying in legalese that we're safe in our position it's quite another for the manager who fans look up to um and see speaking every few days to say we we are innocent we will be proven innocent um so the, there was that aspect to it but then also you know all week it had been the premier league the premier league the premier league and guardiola turned it onto the clubs and said you know it's these 19 behind uh the premier league uh, which you know, founded or not, like you say, has given City a real emphasis to go out and um, rub, well, rub all the clubs up the wrong way, like they feel like they've been been treated as well. So it, it's not like melodramatic enough to be enemies or anything like that. But it's saying, right, well, if, if you if you want to make life tough for us, we're going to make life tough for each and every single one of you, nineteen and the Premier League and uh, we'll see who comes out on top.
1: I'm not going to kind of be a, 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 a hypocritical on the lawyer front because I remember when Bolton, I think our lawyer was saving the club's life so maybe a bit of a difference but when our lawyer, I think she had an awesome name, it was like Thunderstone or something awesome like that. Like we were all supporting her and all that stuff so I, I don't kind of blame City fans for being, as I said, defiant and backing their club and stuff but kind of from a neutral point of view or maybe a devil's advocate point of view it seems, you know, it, I I I don't. It's not a conspiracy theory. I don't think, and maybe that sort of opinion has been branded in certain certain corners online. I don't think anyone's. I mean, again, just from like my personal and neutral point of view, no one's out to get City personally. I don't think. Maybe you may disagree, or City fans may disagree. Clearly, but it's not like they're out personally out to get them or it's a, a vendetta against City just because maybe they're the new, you know, relatively speaking, newest boys on the block and whatnot. The charges. I don't think the charges that have been laid are just. Oh, you know, let's get City, and you know we don't like them, Blah blah blah. If any other club had have been, you know, had reason to have be investigated against and had these charges against, I don't think it's just because of who City are that the charges have come. It could have happened to any club. It's just, you know, City are the ones who have been investigated and deemed worthy to be charged. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it seems a bit. It seems a bit strange. The, the the level of kind of protest against it, I suppose, and the vitriol aimed at the Premier League, and it's the same with the Champions League. Like, I can understand why you'd want to be defiant, but what, is every every city match forever? now, apart from the Carabao Cup, going to start with rousing and boos to every anthem and whatnot. I don't know. It's what do you think? I don't, I don't know if I've explained myself pretty well there, but I, I think I know where you might where I might be coming from.
0: I think it's absolutely fair, but I I also think it's sort of um, you know that it there aren't many truths in football there are just different accounts from different sides and everyone's out for their own thing and and i think you know those who fully believe that city will get found guilty either you know look at the fact that uefa have charged them and the premier league have charged them and think oh there's no smoke without fire and you know the the football leagues um stuff that started all this um which, which is, you know, completely fair enough, but but also I think you've got to see that everyone is out for themselves in football, and UEFA have their own motives and motivations, and the Premier League have their own motives and motivations, and you know, um, the football finance expert Kieran Maguire tweeted when the charges were came, like you know what a what a coincidence this has happened just as the the government's white paper was set to be published. Um, which, you know, would have not been in favor of the Premier League regulating itself. Um, and, you know, there have long been uh, criticism of the Premier League for bowing to sort of the the big six um, against the other 14 and going where where the money is and where the power is. Um, and I think, you know, it. the Premier League can't really be seen as like this impartial arbiter uh, because they have their own motivations and and reasons for doing things as well um and from you know if if proven then the charges will go beyond financial fair play but financial fair play is a big part of this and i don't think it's you know a conspiracy theory to say that financial fair play was kind of built to secure the existing hierarchy which which city were not part of and You know, like Guardiola says, when he was at Bayern Munich, people were slagging City off for their finances. Um, So this has been around for a long, long time, and City fans have had to put up with 10 years longer of people saying, you cheats, you cheats. So they can respond any way they like, as far as I'm
1: concerned. I think we said last week when we was delving into this in in depth, like the, the kind of the premise of financial fair play itself like, I think, as we said, it's been around for 10 years now, what, 15 years? Still doesn't make that much sense. I don't think anyone's really fully grasped why some clubs can do what they want. You look at Barcelona, basically going bankrupt, still you know still spending millions on players. Chelsea can just get a new owner and spend £600 million in a year. Why can't City do similar when City, other than Jack Grealish, which was, what, two years ago, under over 10 years of ownership, have never... They've spent lots of money, and they've spent more money than most others, but they've never gone to... Absolutely ludicrous lengths in a a year, or it's no—I don't think it's ever been quite. Maybe the one season when they got, as as we said, hundred thirty million on fullbacks. Other than that, it's never really been obscene spending or kind of to a ridiculous level. I think it's kind of still quite hard for some to grasp why City, what City are doing is bad compared to when you look at other clubs, what they're doing, and they can get away with it. It's, it's, It's it's a strange old scenario. And you've also got the ownership model, whereby.
0: You know, City have been accused of, um, you know, disguising sponsorship money by th- their their ownership putting putting money in themselves. And you know, they they're real breaches, but they're also an owner putting money into their club. You know what? Why
1: can't they just spend their own money? Like I don't I don't get it.
0: Yeah, the, there's a club over at Old Trafford who would dearly love if their owners decided to put money into the club rather than taking it out um so you know th- this is not to say that the the charges are a nonsense or anything like that because we'll have to wait to see what the what the commission says but it it opens up various can, cans of worms um about you know ownership at the highest level the premier league and its role um and its influences and who it is influenced by um as well as all the debate around Manchester City. So it, it's huge about City, but it goes well beyond City as well, um, which is why it, it's such a big deal, but also why it's just so so difficult to, you know, to get to the bottom of what's actually happening and, and why. Because, like I say, everyone's got their own motivations and also kind of like, you know, not related at all, but you sort of see... Um, this weekend has not been good for the Premier League, has it? You've had, um, you know, uh, the the chanting at, at Ellen Road. Um, you've had Arsenal fans putting up a banner saying, we're classy, we don't have oil money. And then Arsenal fans, two hours later, racially abusing Ivan Um So, that... <laughs> there's not it's not like it's a pure premier league and city are the one blocked in stopping the uh the the glorious image um there's a lot of things in the premier league that are not um not good basically um and obviously misleading finances is one of them city fans would say why are we being singled out when there's lots of bad things going on
1: Was what at least some good things for City and that was a kind of re- a return to winning ways and as you said there a real good performance I, I, I was dying in an airport when this game was on so I didn't get to watch it in person but I've just kind of caught the highlights this morning and it, it seemed like a, a new life was breathed breathed into the into the side I don't think they've looked that that sharp that um alive that kind of um really just going forward just one touch move. I think we said this last week, didn't we, after the uh, after the Tottenham defeat the, the there was like no one touch passing, one one touch movements in those matches against um Aston Villa. That that looked back. Haaland finally getting in behind um, and causing damage and uh, by half time it was over. So City won 3-1 They raced into a three nil um lead, Roderick opening the scoring um Haaland teared up Gundogan for the second before mares uh, converted a penalty for the third. Um Oli Watkins got a consolation in the second half but otherwise um as i say a galvanizing atmosphere for city um and a galvanizing kind of performance on the pitch to reflect that
0: yeah absolutely um only sort of slightly spoiled by pep afterwards saying that the second half was much better than the first pep pep gonna pep kind of thing yeah it it was a a comprehensive first half and uh, they scored three they could have had two, three more. It just looked like they were all over Villa. And then in the second half was okay. They slackened off a bit. Villa scored. The crowd got back up and were like, come on. They had a bit of a reaction. Villa still kept coming. Edison did very well. You know, Edison's been getting dogs abused from some supporters for probably like a month or so now for very little reason. Well it's largely because he doesn't have much to do other than see shots fly past him. And I don't think he was great for Watkins's goal, but then He was finally given some goalkeeping to do and he did it very well so it it was an afternoon full of positives really you know that harlan going off at half time was a bit of a concern but i don't think that is too serious ahead of arsenal so an afternoon like we've you know not been used to to seeing recently
1: it wouldn't but i was saying like it, it seems like it's the most comfortable city win for some time i know they beat wolves pretty handily. But but they beat Wolves 3-0, but it took them 40 minutes to score and it wasn't a great
0: sort of first half. Whereas, you know, this is the first time they've scored in the first 10 minutes of a game since they beat United 6-3 in October. First time they scored from a set piece in a long, long time um, in the league since before the World Cup. So... It's um, it, it, there were a number of things where you thought, "Yeah, that is what City were good at doing," that they've not been doing for the last few months.
1: And it wasn't even as if it was the kind of the back to basics approach that I was certainly preaching last week. It was, if anything, more complicated when that team. And that team sheet came out, um, I've seen I see your tweets and posts having, being left in utter confusion, but from what I've kind of gathered, it was basically City didn't play a left-back in the strictest sense, but Bernardo Silva was just given the instruction of uh, be everywhere, everywhere, any, every time, all at once, or whatever the name of that film is
0: yeah yeah it was you know Guardiola finally gave the fans Laporte and Diaz that they wanted but in in typical fashion not in the way that anyone was expecting
1: the monkey paw the monkey paw curls with Pep
0: yeah yeah exactly yeah it was um yeah you know it was it was pretty much as they've been playing for weeks in that it was like a back three in possession going back to a back four um went out of possession but Bernardo was kind of the one chosen to be the fullback slash midfielder um which is obviously different to a fullback but by doing that it means you get better build-up because um your you know your roaming player is a player with bernardo's quality and you also have better build-up with uh, laporte being in the team so it it just looked more like say more fluid more pacey um you know i'm not sure they will do that for for arsenal um, because you know there's the threat of of Saka, who you know Ake did really really well against in the in the cup game. Um, so I, I think City will probably go back to that for for Arsenal, but it's an option against um teams at home who otherwise might be difficult to break down, and it's an option where you know you've not got a winger that you you're worried about really.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It, it, it seems um strange one for Bernardo. Like he's played every single position, literally now going into the left back. Did he actually have to do much defensive sort of work? I know he, he kind of had Grealish in front of him, I believe, as well, who's if anything has been getting plotted for his kind of backtracking in recent weeks. Um how how did he actually work in a in a defensive sense? I'd like, I, I pitched it more he would be in the midfield or go to but without the ball it might be Laporte goes out to left back and Rodri comes in and he goes into more defensive midfield position. Like how how did it kind of like kind of work out when without the ball?
0: Yeah, he was pushing forward a lot into into midfield, and I mean, he he's another position for him, but he's, he's also kind of used to that. He's he's used to dropping as deep as the centre backs to get the ball anyway, so it it wasn't too much of a stretch for someone who is such an intelligent footballer. Um, yeah, and and Villa offered very little in the first half, so there wasn't too much to get. Um, you know, were worried by. I would say, um, yeah, they, they didn't really get down that side. So Bernardo had had time and space, which is you know exactly what City would have would have wanted when when they decided on to
1: go with that. How was the performance in like kind of general? Like, did the team? Do you see this team other than the kind of left back thing being what he kind of settles on going forward now? Like you say, it seems like since that it's the first really comprehensive. No stress display since that United win, which we've often said that was probably the last time. Though you know those two wins are back to back, wasn't it? United and Southampton back to back. They scored ten goals in two games. It feels like since them them two games, I think they lost to Liverpool after the Southampton match, didn't they? It feels like them them two matches are the last time they played really really well and looked like themselves. And it's been kind of a few months of don't worry, they've had good moments, they've won most of the games, but it's definitely felt like a few months of kind of been. Lost in the weeds a sort of bit, and now maybe they have finally cleared out. Could Guardiola kind of has always, especially in defence, he kind of settles on the players if they play well, he doesn't drop them sort of thing. Is is that what's going to happen here? Obviously, there's going to be rotation here and thereabouts There's Champions League games coming up and whatnot. Obviously, a big match on Wednesday, but part of the guy, you know, in general, is this going to be his strongest team going forward?
0: Yeah, I think certainly plenty of fans would like that 11 to be more or less the, the strongest 11 um, City have got. I think, you know, he, he took Diaz off at half time, um, after Diaz got a... He got booked for one of those strange things that we saw over the weekend about him being like the third one to approach the referee. um, And so uh, Pep said, oh, it took him off because he was on a yellow card, which suggests that he wants him at least for Arsenal and, you know, we'll use him more. In the future, he spoke pretty much about needing his leadership, so um, I think we'll see more of Diaz. He spoke glowingly about Kyle Walker after the, after the game. Um, and, yeah, I mean, De Bruyne had his best match in a long time. Ilkay Gundogan looked very, very sharp. Bernardo Ro- Rodri was a different player from the one that sort of stank out the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, and that resulted in more service to Haaland than he's had for... A good while so um i, I you know it, it, it's hard to say this will be the the 11 or the system i think the system will have tweaks but it, for too long too many players have been out of form and there were signs on the pitch that um players were coming back into form and guardiola said afterwards that like he's noticed a difference in in training in the last seven days which would suggest an upturn as well
1: well, it's certainly the, the best timing for that to be as well. I mean, I think you've said a few a few weeks now, like this could be the turning point, this could be the turning point, and it's kind of not been, they've been fits and starts, but I feel like this ma- match genuinely does feel like this could be the point where it's right, finally clicking again, and now, if they can go on a run now, it's going to be quite dangerous for Arsenal as we'll touch on soon. But like I say, Haaland, his, his assist, I thought, was absolutely excellent because he goes through, and I'm like, oh my... It was like seeing a um a caged animal finally freed. He's like finally got in behind the defence. I've not seen it in weeks. And instead of shooting, I was like, What what's he done there? He didn't how is he not shot at that? I mean, it would have it would have sailed in, but he didn't. And he his a his assist was almost like a shot the way he dragged the ball across across the face of goal. but it was an excellent pass and it I say, he didn't actually score in this match and he was off at half time, but it felt like that's the Erling Haaland that we've seen score 20 goals in about 12 games at the start of the season and who in the second half of the season has looked cut and isolated, a forlorn figure at times, a bit of a frustrated figure. He looked back to the Haaland that was taking the world by storm just a few short months ago.
0: Yeah, there was a bit earlier in the first half when he, um, he got put through sort of for an aerial challenge with Martinez and, and Martinez, um, they clattered into each other. I'm not sure if that was actually the the injury that ended up taking him off it like Martinez's knee went into his thigh um and he needed a bit of a bit of treatment afterwards for for that but even that just like smashing into a goalkeeper for a high ball you could see like the the smile on his face um and then like you say that assist was just incredible pace and then he he turns and you think why aren't you shooting um and you think the moment's lost and then he you know a, a trademark city goalie smashes it across the six-yard box, and someone comes in at the at the back post. So um, yeah, you know the, there was a lot of overreaction um, around Haaland and his place in the team and at the club um, last last week after the Spurs defeat. And you know, I think, uh, and you know, so much made of how he's just a goal scorer. You you lose out with, with him on the pitch and, and whatever. So, you know, I'm I'm sure he'd have wanted to score but for him to get an assist was probably the best the best response to all of that. And and yeah, you know, De Bruyne looked different, looked sharper than, than he's been for a while and, and that probably helped. But you know the whole team did, but Haaland certainly looked to have that extra zip um that he he has not always had um since the World Cup.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, we can, we can only hope his it's injury it isn't a serious one, it was just precautionary. And he's available for Wednesday's block bluster clash. Uh, clash. It's finally here, side. the match we've been waiting for for some time now, some weeks. You know, City will face Arsenal, and you know, I think you were the one saying that it could all change very quickly, but I don't think any of us thought at the, um, at the point a few weeks ago that if City had actually win the game, they would move level, actually they'd move above Arsenal, even though they're going to still have um, what's have a match to play? This is like uh, humongous. I think, I think a lot of people were thinking that if City kind of win this year, then the title is. You think they're back in? You know, the the momentum's back in their favor. They would probably go back to be favourites. And I think, as we said last week, you know Arsenal they lost their first match for some months against Everton. And I, I think I was saying like I didn't like their reaction. I think Zinchenko, the most experienced winner on that pitch, if even he's. Seeing his, uh, seeing his rear end a little bit and shouting at people and getting uh, biting at Neil Mope's antics then their heads aren't right they, 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 they could well have a bit of a wobble and then Brentford not the best opponents to have next and they drop more points which as we say has set up this match on Wednesday perfectly
0: yeah and, and also to make the point um, you know we talked about Guardiola struggling for a a moment to to bring everything together and the Premier League giving him one you know, for the team to come together, like, you know, they, they came together against Aston Villa, but it's straight after these these allegations. Um, you know, what, what a moment for the Premier League if their actions in charging City in the middle of the season when there's no reason to, you know, wait till the end of the season, but like while football is going on, if their actions kind of, Directly or indirectly contribute towards the team that they've slapped a hundred charges against, um, winning another Premier League title. You know, I think the uh, I think it'd be nice to see the uh, the reaction between the players when Richard Masters is trying to give them the medals and and whatnot. But you know, that is still a long, long way away. But City beat Arsenal in the FA Cup, and a lot of people said, "Well, that was great for Arsenal because they played a weakened team and they." Uh, only came away with a 1-0 defeat and they could have won the game. So fantastic for them. They've not lost anything. Well, they've not won since that game. And... You called it. And I can say that I called it and it might have made zero difference. You know, it might just be a coincidence, but I'm claiming it. But, you know, they lost to Everton and then it was consecutive defeats and they've then drawn against Brentford and now it's they've not won in three. And you know if city beat them on wednesday all the pressure all the talk will be on city are favorites now city are favorites now and and you know they've it's not often that it's been said that arsenal are favorites while they've been top of the league but the last few weeks or maybe a month that has turned so since they
1: beat united i think
0: that everyone went favorites is not they yeah yeah so so there's a lot of pressure on on Arsenal and, and for City they can sort of say you know go out and upset another rival and uh, and upset the Premier League some more so it, it's going to be a really difficult game City haven't been great this si- season um, away at the top teams obviously they've lost at Liverpool United Spurs um, beat Chelsea but are Chelsea top team anymore I don't know um, But, yeah, it's been it's been difficult for them and they've also struggled to get Haaland involved away from home kind of a lot more. So it's going to be, yeah, a, a real challenge, but it's suddenly looking a lot rosier for City than it was, you know, one, two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as, as I was saying, I don't think any of us expected it to be, you know, a couple of days, a day before the game thinking... City could actually go above Arsenal if they would. It'd only be goal difference, and Arsenal do have a game in hand, which coincidentally is against Everton, who beat them, and that's going to be played on 1st of March. So they've still got three games to go, including City, before they are a level on matches. But
0: but also, City still have to play Arsenal. So if City beat Arsenal, even with that game in hand, it's in City's hands again.
1: It is, it is. And as we have just said, if they can go on the run now, which it kind of feels like the prime to do, maybe, you know, maybe it'll... Yeah, I say it's a massive game. Arsenal quality, and even though they did lose that match, as you did say, they could have won it, and they are going to be more at full strength. It could go either way. I think you know they're they're going to be up for it just as much. It's going to be so important for them, and it has all the makings of an absolutely classic tie. And, and it's really interesting as well because we spoke after the FA Cup
0: game and said Arsenal have strengthened in this window, City have weakened, and like look how well Trossard's done. But now ahead of this game, you've got people saying. Well, Trossard should be in for Martinelli. Why is he picking Martinelli still? And suddenly this team that has been so consistent, I think he's picked Martinelli and Saka in like every league game. Suddenly you've got his team and his decisions being questioned because of the extra competition that he's brought in. So, you know, it is a minor point. It's not going to make much difference, but it's just a sign how sometimes things can work out funny. But also, you know, having said, oh, I said that after the FA Cup game, I also said this week, last week, after the Spurs game, you, you know, Walker said, Oh, I know we're a team that can go on a big run. And I said, Absolutely not. And, you know, we'll see because they've only won one game in one game. They've not won any games in a row. They just beat Villa.
1: Um, but, like I say, it, the atmosphere feels completely different now. A lot of Arsenal fans were quite angry after the transfer window, wouldn't they? I believe there's Edu out, to hashtag trending and whatnot. I don't know if they're. If those fans are reflective of like kind of actual fans who go to their games and whatnot, and you know, not to disparage people who can't go to games they're not their fans, but you know what I mean. There's certain certain corners of internet for every every fan base that might not be reflective of the general consensus. But um, I thought they did really well as signing players who won't be not going to be bothered if they're not first team straight away. And if they had got Mudrake and spent 80 million on him. How's he not starting? So it felt like, oh, they've actually done the right thing. They've done well to miss out. But now if it's happening anyway, maybe they should Maybe they should have gone out all out for Mundrick. But, you know, we go into this game. Do, what changes do you see any city making? And will one be enforced? Like if Haaland can't play, is it as simple as putting Alvarez in for him? Or or does he kind of uh, make some tinkers elsewhere? I think it is as simple as Alvarez coming in for Haaland. But at the same time,
0: you know, Haaland was involved in training yesterday. So... We'll get an update from from Guardiola today at the press conference, but I, I would expect Haaland to be involved. Um, I think Nathan Ake would start at left-back um, against against Saka. We might see Akanji or Lewis come back into the team. Um, but other than that, you know, I think he goes Maras Grealish, Harland again. I think he probably goes Rodri, De Bruyne and Gundogan again. Um or you know, Bernardo has played very well. But that that is not a bad a bad decision to have to make but because the players are in form, you know, it, it's it's no longer like, oh well, who might play better than they have done it in weeks. It's like who can follow up Sunday's performance. Um and and then yeah, and then kind of, you know, you've got the options of of Alvarez, Foden and whoever doesn't play out of that midfield uh, trio on on the bench to to come on and and make a difference. So I think um, I mean it's always a strong team, but I, I'd be surprised if it was a really strange team um, on Wednesday. I think we're, we're back in the in the world of more conventional.
1: Before your voice completely dies. Can I get a score prediction out of here? I I was fine when I started.
0: I don't know what's gone on. I'll go for one nil city just to put the cat among the pigeons.
1: Interesting. Well, I'll go for one one. I think I think it's gonna keep finally poised. But it'd be very fun to see. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, you'll be able to follow all the build up action and reaction to Wednesday's game over on Manchester Evening News.co.uk forward slash Manchester City. Simon, Joe, and myself, and no doubt all the rest of our great colleagues will be bringing all the expert analysis and news from the game. It's set to be an absolute um dinger, so we cannot wait to uh, to watch it unfold. We'll be back later on this week to um pick it apart, analyse it, and hopefully we'll have plenty to talk about. But until until later on this week, thank you everyone very much for listening. If you want to watch this podcast in living colour, you can go over to our YouTube channel, as I say, Manchester Evening News dash Man City. But until later on this week, everyone, it's goodbye for now. ta